We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. He was born in Australia and chose to come to America because he believed it was the greatest country in the world. He came to make and not take, to give and not receive, to join the place and not change it. He wants to make sure every American knows they won the lottery the day they were born here. Welcome to Around the Barbie with Nick Adams, described as the best speaker on America and the president's favorite author. Now, he's here every week to help you love America even more. Here he is, Nick Adams. G'day, g'day, g'day. Welcome to another episode of Around the Barbie with Nick. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for tuning in. We are going to be speaking today about what I call missing cojones. Yep, you heard that right. Missing cojones. We're going to be talking about the lack of spine, the lack of, shall we say, testicular fortitude among many leaders in the world today, the effect that that's having on governing and culture and emboldening all the enemies of the West. And I want to really begin by sharing with you a true story that not many people know about that really kind of illustrates just how far we have fallen in a relatively short period of time. Uh, I want you to really listen to this. So the president sits in the Oval Office, leaning back on his high-backed leather chair, his hands folded, an irate and excitable Greek ambassador is on the other end of the desk, castigating him, the most powerful man in the world, apparently unhappy with recent U.S. intervention in Greek Cypriot affairs. After weathering the storm for some minutes, the president finally snaps, Listen to me, Mr. Ambassador. America is an elephant. Cyprus is a flea. Greece is a flea. If those two fleas continue itching the elephant, they may just get whacked by the elephant's trunk. Whacked good. We pay a lot of good American dollars to the Greeks, Mr. Ambassador. If your Prime Minister gives me talk about democracy, parliaments and constitutions, he, his parliament and his constitution may not last long. That is a true story. That actually happened. In 1967, the US President was Lyndon Johnson. The Greek ambassador was, well... It's kind of the president's point. <laughs> now, fast forward to 2009. The season is spring. The city is London. The event, the G20 summit. A journalist asks the 44th president of the United States, President Obama, if he believes in American exceptionalism. He responds, I believe in American exceptionalism, just as I suspect that the Brits believe in British exceptionalism and the Greeks believe in Greek exceptionalism. 
there you have it. In 42 years, we went from Greece being a flea and America an elephant to the president casually equating American exceptionalism with Greek exceptionalism. Now that is political correctness for you. There is a courage deficiency. Now, I told this story not to offend the Greeks or endorse President Johnson's sentiments. Generally speaking, I don't applaud what the politically correct would no doubt deem abuse of foreign leaders, unless, of course, it's deserved, then I celebrate. But I must confess, I much prefer the 1967 tirade to the 2009 tragedy. The tirade had life, colour, substance, and most importantly, courage in it. The antiseptic eunuch statement of 2009 was notable only for its timidity and what it revealed about President Obama's worldview. But it's unfair to suggest the loss of courage and replacement of political correctness of the United States and the Western world began with President Obama. It didn't. Even as far back as 1978, prominent Russian critic of Soviet totalitarianism, Alexander Solzhenitsyn, said at a Harvard graduation ceremony, a decline in courage may be the most striking feature that an outside observer notices in the West today. The Western world has lost its civic courage. Such a decline in courage is particularly noticeable among the ruling and intellectual elite, causing an impression of a loss of courage by the entire society. These observational words in the earlier stages went unheeded, and the march that would lead to the complete loss of Western stamina has really continued totally unabated. The primary blazes of the trail to timidity remain the ruling and intellectual elite, Solzhenitsyn singled out for criticism, with the only difference now their enormously heightened influence on the culture. Today's elites enjoy an unparalleled existence, boosted by technology and far more enhanced communication mediums. As a consequence, we live in a world largely designed by such elites, almost unanimously, secular and left. These leaders are, ironically, best known for their lack of leadership, essential to courage, by the way, on all matters of real importance, such as evil and what is in the best interest of the nation. They continually seek justification for their anemic metal, relying on their vehicles of education and media to drive home ambivalent, if not anti-American sentiment. If people can't feel love for their country or are unable to identify with its values, then irresolution naturally follows. It's why the left, with political correctness, invests such substantial time and effort diminishing America. If America is just another country with a soccer team, why should we have courage 
and lead when we have no moral authority to do so? Who are we to be courageous anywhere when there are so many problems at home? This is why America and Western nations everywhere has been increasingly conditioned to ignore their courage instincts and instead choose to wallow in pathetic, unhelpful, and let's face it, unwarranted self-pity. It's also why political correctness is responsible for the impending suicide of civilization. Courage requires truth, and political correctness declares war on truth every single day. Responding to barbaric violence with just a cartoonist's pencil, I'm sorry, but that's not a mark of civilization. That's a mark of emasculation. I'm a pretty direct kind of guy, and if you weren't familiar with me before this podcast, uh, you certainly are now. So I'm just going to come out and say it. We spend too much time protecting the culture of those who join our country and far too little defending the culture they have chosen to join. Let me say that again. We spend too much time protecting the culture of those who join our country and far too little defending the culture they have chosen to join. Just because people decide to make America home, their choice, don't forget, America should not have to inherit the feuds of other nations. And while I'm at it on another related matter, I'm sick of the America is racist mythology perpetuated around the world and now largely accepted as reality. Are there real racists in America? Of course there are. Is there real racism in America? Of course there is. But here's the truth. The U.S., is the least racist society on earth. It is the best place in the world for anyone to live. That's why more black Africans have immigrated to the US voluntarily than came as slaves. It's also why probably very few of them have decided to leave America for other countries. Now, I've just picked an example, but... Both, that really takes real courage to express because it violates the sacrosanct laws of political correctness. It's a logical, simple conclusion supported by fact. It's neither controversial nor extreme. In fact, truth be told, it's a fairly plain assertion. But it would not be tolerated by the allegedly tolerant, politically correct force. In fact, such a statement would be mocked and scorned viciously and endlessly at great harm to the source by the cultural elites in whatever form they manifest. You could lose your job and likely attract the attention of undesirable people, becoming subject to a media or electronic witch hunt that examines every area of your life. The fallout can continue beyond your livelihood and even affect your health and family. Why? Because you're dead to offend the left's confected sense of intellect. Yes, it's confected. You had the audacity to challenge the orthodoxy of the panting, outraged mob in the thrall of green left elitists. You provided an unwelcome intrusion of reality into their carefully constructed fantasy world. 
you question the war on truth and reality. That's what you did. And that's why you've got to pay. Now, advocates of political correctness say they are committed to the ideology because they wish to live in a harmonious society. But criticism and civilization are inseparable. What makes us civilized is our ability, our variability, to exchange opinion and accept alternative views. To remove these characteristics from our society is not just to thumb our nose at freedom and civil rights, but is also an exercise in misanthropy. It dehumanizes us, removing the human instincts that make us individuals, such as expression, narrative, language, etc. Therefore, anybody with an interest in preserving civilization or with an affinity for people and life should find political correctness repulsive. Civilization requires courage. It requires life and it requires character. For civilization to flourish, it cannot yawn at evil or take the side of the oppressor rather than the oppressed. Civilization must not allow for constraining speech rather than increasing diversity in expression. It can't afford to prefer a hashtag and a hug to truth and necessary confrontation, nor can it take exception with exceptionalism. If history is any guide, the protection racket on behalf of empathy usually quickly turns to a protection racket of evil. And as discussed in previous episodes, America need not look far for evidence of the dangers. Political correctness has torn through the European continent savagely, leaving it in what I would say is terminal decline. With no Judeo-Christian ethic and no capitalist economy, it is sinking rapidly into a socialist lethargy. Its vitality and aspiration to greatness are gone. Most of all, it is willfully deaf to the threats it faces, recognized for its absolute lack of courage and even interest in defeating threats to its homeland. Leave it to America is the continental motto, in a place more interested, quite frankly, in vacations and soccer scores. But world affairs are not the only thing in which Europeans are uninterested. They also show almost no desire to begin or extend their own family, preferring to concentrate on what they consider the good life. Such cultural, shelf- such cultural selfishness is a mirror reflection of the political self-regard that animates political correctness and the self-centeredness of professional offence takers. This self-interest comes from the pursuit of power, where Western civilization has been about freedom the liberal society worldview is infinitely more concerned about power and the creation of an absolute orthodoxy. In Europe, more so than anywhere else in the world, people have embraced an ideology that rejects free speech and alternate viewpoints. A long time ago, Europe decided that rather than fight this totalitarian threat, It would shirk a bloody street fight and learn to love it. Food for thought. Food for thought.
You've been listening to Around the Barbie with Nick. There are more episodes coming. Do not despair. Thank you for listening and God bless the United States of America.